0: Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Harowitz. Welcome to my podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Do people tune in anymore? That's an antiquated phrase. I'm old. That's been coming up a lot lately. I had a big birthday lately, so I can't help but talk about my advanced age. But I'm young. I'm vibrant. I'm still going, guys. I'm still delivering podcast after podcast. Nothing can deter me not even a big trip or two. I've been away a lot. Uh, I just got back to New York yesterday. I'm taping this on Sunday morning. You might be hearing this on Monday if you're a regular uh, podcast listener and you subscribe and you download it ASAP, which is really the way to do it. You want it fresh and steaming out of the oven. Um, and uh, Anyway, I, I was out of town last week in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, for CinemaCon, CinemaCon is bizarre, but it's awesome. It's a um, it's it's an it's a kind of a convention. Well, the con would tell you that it's a convention, uh, for exhibitors, meaning like Regal Cinemas and uh, who else puts on cinemas? Alamo Draft House probably has a presence. Anyone that that has a movie theater is there, and they um, and they are basically there to uh meet with the studios who all present their big movie stars and slates for the coming year. So from my vantage point, I've gone a few years and it's fun for me because I get to see a ton of content from the upcoming year from all the major studios. They show off exclusive trailers and clips. They bring out movie stars that I can sometimes talk to and uh, and it's fun. What's not fun is that I, I literally I got about 10 minutes of Um, daylight outside, uh, human air, uh, in the space of about five days. So that was silly and bizarre and probably destroyed my brain, but, uh, but it's all for the greater good because I did get a chance to see some cool stuff. Um, I I tweeted about some of the stuff, but I, I know a lot of you guys that listen to this are probably big, um, you know, fans of movies. So I'll mention some of the stuff that stuck out to me, um, I really liked a couple of things at the Sony presentation, uh, including, um, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence starring in a new film called passengers, which is kind of a sci-fi film, though. It really only uh, has two characters. Um, and they play, uh, characters on like kind of basically a spaceship that's going on like a 120 year mission that um wake up a bit early and only have each other to hang out with and it looks like a, a really cool special sci-fi movie um i also really like from sony and this might have been the, my favorite trailer that i think will we'll drop soon um angley's new film angley of course most recently directed the life of pi uh, One best director for that um directed Brokeback Mountain he he's one of our finest filmmakers and he's directed a movie that it's been on my radar for a while and I think a lot of people haven't really paid attention to it but I think they're about to it's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk uh it's a mouthful and it stars uh somebody that I've never seen before in the lead role Billy Lynn but it also has him surrounded by some really cool talent ranging from it's a very weird eclectic cast like Vin Diesel and Kristen Stewart and it, it's um there are a couple hooks to this one that, that really got me. Well, A, the story looks hugely compelling. It's, it looks like kind of a, um, Vietnam era film, um, kind of a, a slice of life character study of a, of a young man, uh, dealing with both war and what's going on at home. And the, sure, this is stuff we've seen before, but when we've seen it done well is, is exceptional. It almost reminded me of kind of like, you know, the old Oliver Stone, Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, that era of filmmaking, which was fantastic. Um, but also worth noting, um, just from a technological standpoint, this is a film that Ang Lee has shot in 3D and has shot at times, I believe, in... Um, I'm going to get the, the math in this a little bit wrong, but um, I think it's like 128 frames per second, which is... which. Suffice it to say if you're not like a techno technological you know expert means that it's um super super crazy high definition way higher than what we're used to seeing in film um and it looked gorgeous it looked amazing so uh, I'm really, really psyched for this one. And I think it's, uh, judging from the trailer, I think this one could be a big Oscar contender. Uh, there was a lot more. I saw, I saw some cool new stuff from X-Men Apocalypse that looked better than anything I'd seen before. Saw a first look at Assassin's Creed, uh, starring Michael Fassbender. Um, there's a lot of great stuff. So, and I should mention that there's a, a bunch of fun interviews that I got to do that are on MTV's website, mtv.com. Uh, search it out. There's, Um, let's see. I spoke to Jesse Eisenberg about Batman V Superman. I spoke to Dave Franco about Han Solo. I spoke to the entire cast of Suicide Squad, including Cara Delvin and Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Um, there are too many. I probably interviewed about 30 or 40 people in the span of uh, a few days. I also, two interviews to look out for. Um, I sat down with Jeff Goldblum, which was about 10, 15 minutes of utter insanity that just was gold and, and hopefully we'll do something with that on mtv.com. If we don't put something out there, I'll, I'll make sure I put it on the podcast because it's, it's just too much fun. And, uh, also scored the only sit down with Chris Pratt, my old, good old buddy Chris Pratt. So thanks to him for agreeing to sit down. Thanks to his publicist for agreeing to, for him to sit down. He only did one interview in CinemaCon and it was with little old me and, uh, it was great. Chris is awesome, and we talk a lot about Passengers, Magnificent Seven, which is his first Western coming up, as well as, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which he's in the middle of shooting. So, a lot to come, a lot to look out for on the website, and we haven't even mentioned today's podcast. Today's podcast is an interview with Sam Heughan. Uh, I know a lot of you probably are tuning in based on the name here because Sam hewen has got a following, Outlanders got a following, and uh, and he's a charming guy. He's kind of easy on the eyes. So I, this is uh, this is a podcast. If you didn't know, so you can't actually see him when you listen to this, but. Use your imagination. Use your imagination as you would in reading Outlander. Use your imagination as you would as you drift off to sleep and think of pleasant things. Conjure up images of the gorgeous flowing locks of Sam Hewen. Maybe he's wearing a tartan of some sort. Uh, maybe he's wearing a full suit. Whatever you want him to wear. He, but he's he's a, a, a delightful young man who has uh, found kind of a, the first big role of his career in outlander which is of course on stars and has uh, a ginormous fan base and I, I i understand why based on the material and based on the casting so uh sam's one of these guys who i haven't really talked to much i t- spoke to him in comic-con in san diego a few months ago but um when this opportunity came around uh, i was intrigued i knew that you guys would be intrigued so the rest is history i hope you enjoy uh this conversation with sam And uh, only one interview this week. I know we've been experimenting with multiple interviews. I think we'll get back to that. I'm really enjoying that format. And hopefully you are too. Um, We'll see. It's kind of based on scheduling and yada yada. But uh, since I was away, it was hard for me to kind of book two interviews. But um, we'll get back into that hopefully soon too. Suffice it to say, you guys are getting a lot of free shit from me. Okay, so stop complaining. I know you're not complaining, but um, thanks for tuning in. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Let me know who you want to hear, what you're digging, what you're into. And most importantly, just sit back and relax. Enjoy this conversation with Outlander star Sam Hewitt.
1: We're diving in with Sam Hewen. It's good to see you, man. Hello there. Good to be here in sunny New York. Yeah, is not so sunny. Scottish weather. I'm <laughs> yeah, just had... saying, I've brought the, the weather everywhere I've been on this press tour. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it rained in uh, Sydney, Tokyo, uh, L.A., <laughs> and now New York.
0: You're a harbinger of doom
1: and gloom Absolutely, wherever you go. Absolutely, yes. No. Very depressing.
0: <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we were saying, uh, as we tape this, this is a big week for you guys here in New York. You're, you're taking New York by storm. So to yeah, speak.
1: We, I feel like we're taking over New York a little bit. We are. We have our premiere tonight, which is going to be very exciting, and then. Um we have the sax uh, store, we have our costumes up, a great display in the windows there nice. And then at the end of the week it's Tartan Week So uh, I'm, I'm the Grand Marshal this year, very honoured And I'm going to be leading, uh, leading the pipes down 6th down Avenue That's probably not something when you're growing up as a kid You're like, you know, probably one day it's all going to lead to this Yeah, that's really odd actually Yeah, I never thought that would ever happen
0: so, do you enjoy the?
1: Um, I mean, you've been you've been
0: racking up the frequent flyer miles, traveling mm. the world in support of this. Is this it's mm. work, but yep. is it enjoyable?
1: Uh, I've had no fun at all. It's been famous, <laughs> well, no, it's been it's been terrific. You know, I've uh, I've had a, you know a, a good day off. You know, wherever I've been and uh, you know, explored in Japan. I went to Kyoto on the bullet train and did lots of fun stuff in in, in Australia. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like the, the climax, the culmination. Is
0: is there is there more comfort this go around in the press tour in terms of after promoting the second season versus when it was new and you didn't know how it would be received, etc.
1: Comfort, uh, yeah. We had to do everything by bus last time. They, they, <laughs> they, yeah, and uh, now we're being very well looked after. Um, <laughs> you know, you've made it when yeah everybody <laughs> ex- gets their own car and yeah exactly. <laughs> no, we we were extremely well looked after. It's it's wonderful. It's kind of very strange, um, but I, I guess what I would say is that we've we're maybe a bit more used to it now. We like. You know, the first year was definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Did you, did you, well, first of all, I feel like I owe you an apology. The only other time
0: I met you uh, was you and Kat at Comic-Con this mm. past yeah. July. Yeah. And it, it felt like such a, a, a novel idea. Oh, let's play like a, a know your co-star kind of game, a newlywed game. And then I like to yeah. look online, like as I'm researching you and I'm like, you've probably played that horrible game like 15
1: times at least. Uh, maybe once or twice, but to be honest, I still lose and uh, I'm very competitive. <laughs> And I get asked the same questions and I still never know the answer so uh, normally when's Kat's birthday and, and what's her favorite food and I still can't remember.
0: So what um what do you learn about her on the second go around now having worked with her for a couple of years what
1: do you know about her now that you didn't know in, in the first season? Um, do you know it's it's funny actually season two definitely I think we've got even closer um, and I just I mean I'm absolutely Overwhelmed about how lucky I am to be working with her, and um, and I think that bond between us is definitely you know in the show in season two, you, it's more complex, it's it's sort of deeper rooted, and it's like a more of a grown up uh, relationship, or, or more of like a modern marriage right. um, in the show, and I think that was also reflected in you know, our sort of personal relationship as well. C-
0: can you you know? Uh, 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 you could have a drinking game associated with the, the, the times chemistry is mentioned in terms of like, you know, co-stars and making it work or whatever yeah, is too yeah. much made of that. Can you, can you like could a show like this, be achieved if you legitimately just didn't get along? offset, you think?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Cause you do, you go into these chemistry tests, right? And, uh, I was very, it's just l- an
0: audition basically. Well, it's or basically not?
1: an audition. Yeah. Um, and I was very lucky to be involved quite early on in our show. So, I tested with lots of um, very attractive uh, young ladies, and um, you know, I felt chemistry with <laughs> with a lot of them. <laughs> but, uh, it was no, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a funny thing. When you're in it, you don't, uh, you know, you're not aware of, of what's happening. You're just, you know, um, in the part. And I guess it's for everyone watching to right. to look for the chemistry. But I don't, I don't know. What do they look for? Uh, well, I mean, I. D- d- what do you recall of
0: meeting her for the first time in terms of like do you, did was there something different then versus the other women you were testing with
1: yeah i mean the only thing i would say is and is that when she walked in it was like oh yeah she's absolutely perfect and mm-hmm. then and to be honest before i knew it you know we were doing this very intense scene that uh it's in the show but it's you know quite dramatic and before i knew it i mean we were literally getting physical like sort of tearing chunks out of each other and i remember at one point thinking god Bob, she can really give it back. So I think, um, to be honest, I think Katrina just wowed everyone with you know her performance. So I'm curious, um, like where were
0: you at in your career and your view on your own career and your like self worth or whatever, when mm. you got cast in this, what was, what was the, if I was yeah. talking to you like the day
1: before you got tested for this, where were you at? Uh, it's actually very, very funny. I was, um, I'd been in America for quite a while. I uh, just finished a pilot season and tested on, uh, about four shows quite quite you know quite exciting stuff and got really close on things um and then returned back to the UK a little bit despondent and and actually started doing one of those things that i guess an actor does all the time just start going can i actually do this you know i'm not getting any younger and you know am i going to be able to support myself in the future and I, I actually it was at a point where i was looking at you know having to you know go work in a bar or you know do that do that sort of thing or um you know odd jobs but, but it's right. been something you know every actor does especially um, when you're starting out, you know, uh, and then I got a call to to go and audition for this this series, and um, it was kind of just stepping on this
0: roller coaster. Well, it does feel like, you know, in the narrative of people like write about you, it feels like overnight success, but you'd been doing this a while. You I mean, you'd, early thirties when you get this part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, did, how did you rationalize that when you start to sort of like see what the press kind of made of you and you're like, well, I've actually been doing this for like 10, over 10 years and yeah. having some successes and maybe not such, some successes or whatever. I've been on the roller coaster for a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is a little bit, but in also a way it's, it's wonderful. You know, you get. Um, it's just absolutely catapulted, you know, my career and changed my life. It's become my life. Uh, but I guess, yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've graduated drama school 2003 uh, and I've been working ever since, you know, off and on as a jobbing actor. So a lot of theater and, you know, bit parts in, in drama, but this is, you know, it, in a way is very new, but also yeah. I feel lucky that it's come at a time when I, I sort of feel I know what I'm doing. Almost right. We're, almost, <laughs> almost. <just> a
0: little, <laughs> yeah. was Always something to learn. Yeah. Was there? Was there one that got away in the in the years prior that you felt like, oh, this is going to change my life? I'm like in the top, you know, top three or four now, yeah. and they're yeah. about to. I think it's going to happen, and then yeah. clear
1: coasting to yeah. the top. Yeah, was there one? Uh, many. Yeah, <laughs> many. Can Contin- tell got a long list. I mean, how long have you got? Um, but yeah, and also when you start to, when you test on shows and you. You get so close, and what they do when you do a test is that before you do your test, the, your your agents they have to strike you know the deal. Um, right, you're signed on so to like on, three or five years you know, or whatever money you're <laughs> going to get, and always you know before you've got the job, you start imagining you know how you're going to spend your money and maybe even go out and buy yourself something like, this is this is great yeah.
0: like yeah so year three i guess yeah. i'll buy the house, buy the, and house then...
1: the car <laughs> um and that new watch i've been looking at so um yeah i mean it it is and i guess you know over the years you you get a bit more aware that this is the process that happens and then actually that that um you can't let it sort of you know take you over and uh but now i've you know, I'm in a fortunate place where people bring me coffee. Uh, <laughs> it's just like magic. It's that's amazing. the
0: dream. Again, when you start out being an actor, the dream is wanted to be on a podcast where someone just brings you coffee when they you ask for
1: it. Do you know, this guy kind of looks a bit like you. Oh, yeah. yeah I can't so probably Probably not allowed to talk about the brand, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a
0: bespectacled man this, with, with, that needs a haircut on the, on the coffee. Yeah, maybe and that's you should basically start me. your own coffee brand. It's my side business. The podcast doesn't pay the bills, man. i got to <laughs> do what I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um... In retrospect, did you know what you were getting into when you got involved in this? Does it feel like, I mean, this kind of a thing that engenders the kind of passion in fans does not come along very often. Yeah. Did they, did whoever, Ron or whoever, kind of explain to you what the ride was going to be like or can anyone even do that?
1: Um. No, they can't. And I actually, no, I don't think I knew what I was getting into. Um, and I guess, is again, you know, going back to being an actor and being that sort of thing, you always play it down and you always saying, you know, it's not going to, because well, you've happen. been burned before
0: probably every actor's yeah. like had that thing
1: where like oh this is going to be the one that clicks yeah so yeah. You, know, you do a show and then it you know it doesn't get picked up or you, right. know, you do a series and or whatever so you, you're always trying to you know not get your expectations too high and i think um it, it's also been a real learning curve the show it's been it's been terrific and uh, i think that's what's great about it you know it's never it's never going to get tiring or tired because it's constantly changing and, and reimagining right. yourself and then certainly our season two is is, is a Almost a completely different show. So, give me the pros and cons
0: of sometimes being objectified. Is there any con? I feel I would feel like I would I would wish this on myself to feel like people are judging me by my looks in a good way. How do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think it's an odd thing. Here, here's my perspective on this. Like, so I've been in MTV for many years, and ah. like, and and. Uh, For instance, in a much different kind of a franchise or whatever. But like, I had many conversations with Robert Pattinson, for instance, in Twilight. And I feel like he had to kind of like, ride out this very odd thing where Mm. he, people projected stuff onto him because he was playing this character and there was a disconnect between him and the character. And you know, for you, I would think there is a bit of that where some people see Jamie and not Sam Mm. when they see you. Mm. Is that something that you've experienced and something that is just it's fun, or can it be a little bit of a mind fuck in in a way for you?
1: Um, yeah, I, I suppose I have seen that um, which uh, I guess I'm flattered by it cause I guess it means I've probably done my job, right. but but um, and I, there are there are other people that I pay money to to, to sort of worry about those things. Right. but um, I, I know I take it all in good humor, and I think uh, it's nice that people kind of so buy into. He a character, but then I guess you know there are times when, you know, you you wish people would sort of see you as as the actor, and you're not actually that person, and you're just playing sure. a role. And, um, you know, and I guess actors always worry that they're going to be typecast or always seen as one person. They yeah. start to go against trend or against type, but um, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I, I'm
0: not sure. Uh, are you seeing that in, in the the things that you've been offered or the things you've been up for since? outlander have has it changed and are they interesting or are people kind of like just again taking at face value this one character you've done and just giving you similar parts to that
1: uh initially yeah i had i was offered something uh and it was to play a red-headed scottish warrior period <laughs> <laughs> piece and i was like really, what imagination wow, you what? thought outside the box for that <laughs> uh it was quite a big show but um no it's it's changing as well and um yeah, I've had some really interesting uh, things that we're sort of working on at the moment. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. It's And uh, it's all down to Outlander and the fact that, you know, um, it has got this great fan base and that the show seems to be doing pretty well. What were, what were the first, you
0: know, again, we're talking about how you no one can possibly know what they're getting into in something like this. What was the first kind of exposure to fans or, or in a massive way, in a small way that was kind of like, okay, this is... This is not going to be the normal run-of-the-mill experience this could be something that resonates on a on a
1: massive level yeah i think we did um a fan event very early on i think we'd only shot maybe two or three episodes i think and we did this fan event in downtown la uh we, we may i have not even um completed those episodes but we i think we showed them a small trailer mm-hmm. and uh you know there were people out there you know queuing up from sort of you know very early in the morning, and uh I guess we didn't didn't expect that and, yeah. um in in every way you know on Twitter you know that also for me you know cause we're in this bubble in Scotland where it's kind of removed from it, which is is in a way quite nice um but on Twitter you can sort of see or, or social media you can see uh you know the the excitement and the anticipation that people have for the show, and yeah. I think that's definitely. Um, very rewarding when we then get to come to you know New York and, right. and let people you know finally see it.
0: Is there is there a kind of typical fan, or have you been surprised by the breadth of fans and the kind of different age groups or whatever?
1: Yeah, I think that you know the original book fans uh, are maybe of a, a certain demographic because sure. you know Diana wrote these books twenty years ago, um, so they've been waiting twenty years. So there you know a group of people that probably read those books back then that have been waiting for them to be made. But we've attracted a lot of new fans, you know, um, even people that haven't read the books, especially, um, you know, I think the show is just, I, I think it stands alone. Yeah. Um, obviously we wanted to, to represent the, you know, Diana's great book series, but um, yeah, we, we've attracted people that haven't, you know, sort of even read the books and then they've gone on to do that well and it's fun too also like I mean I remember when I first heard
0: about it and it, you know again yet based on the, the book series or whatever that I that I frankly wasn't myself uh, knowledgeable about but then I heard Ron Moore and I'm like okay mm. that checks a different box that makes me very intrigued by this and yeah. it's that unique blend that I think yeah. is probably expanding your audience beyond maybe what typically
1: you would expect it to be yeah I think our show does appeal to a lot of people because it's it's got so much in it and I think season two certainly uh, really we begin to start to play with the other stuff you know season one is about individuals and um you know there's, there's the history side and the, the sort of time travel is you know is a factor but it's not a huge part of the show right um uh, you know, and there's obviously this romantic um, interest as well, but season two really starts to play on a larger scale, and uh, Ron definitely plays a lot more with time and time travel and also the, the effects of that. So it does feel a bit like Back to the Future.
0: Nice. Yeah. Referencing
1: the poster behind me right I now. I love that poster, yeah.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about um, influences growing up, just like what you were into, just yeah. what your sensibilities were. Clearly, yeah. Back to the Future film. Oh, what else? What, what, what were you into? Was, what rocked your world as a kid?
1: Yeah. Spielberg, I guess. Um, definitely, that yeah. Not right, yeah. Exactly. You're in the right age group. Yeah, uh, I was a big, you know, a big fan of you know, Indiana Jones and all that sort of thing as well. And uh, I guess Bond films. You know, I, I had, I grew up. Um, we had a black and white television that you had to sort of tune in with a dial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had only maybe four channels, three channels, uh, and we were only allowed to watch one show a night. Very you know, strict parent, and uh, but it was great, you know. And I, I so. I, Star Trek for me and that's obviously Ron you know, Ron Moore was involved in that Star Trek Next Generation. Um but also uh theatre as I got older it was a big, big influence for me, and I think yeah. that's kind of where I got the passion.
0: Did anybody in your family was anybody in your family in the business at all? Or was it did it surprise everybody that young Sam wanted to get on a stage and do <laughs> this kind Sam, of thing?
1: Young Sam, uh they um they are I have a rather artistic uh family, so I guess they were quite pleased. But also actually warned me a lot that you know, this is a career that could be very difficult to get into and, right. and you're never gonna make any money and uh, you're gonna be miserable <laughs> and uh, but uh, no it's been great they sort of kept me grounded
0: so what was the first professional kind of gig you were acting in school when to uh, like when did it kind of like go from fun to a potential career
1: um I joined a youth theater in Scotland um, and then I went to drama school uh, Royal Scottish Academy I think it's called the. Royal Conservatoire now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds very, very b- classy. Very classy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess that's where it all changed for me. I was very lucky in my second year. Um, I got asked to do a play uh, that was in the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and we transferred to London at the Royal Court. And um, I got nominated for a, an Olivier Award, which was incredible. And I think that's, you know, the point. You know, So then I got an agent and yeah. so sort of things started to, to, to go from there. But, um, yeah, just very lucky to be... To be, you know, chosen or, or to, to have that sort of opportunity
0: was was the dream to come here to the states, or were, would you have been content to simply work in Scotland, work in the UK, wherever, uh, and make your life there? Because plenty obviously do and can. Mm.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, I guess as you start to dream bigger, you know, your your aspirations get bigger. But I initially, you know, was captivated by theatre and. You know, learn who you know who was running which theatre and what what plays I wanted to do, and I think that for me was definitely the draw. But then, as you get into it, uh, and certainly at drama school, you start to you start to get seen for jobs. So you start to to hear about other success stories, and that right. makes you dream bigger. And I, I you know I do remember you know, walking down the streets you know after school, sort of dreaming about being in Band of Brothers or mm-hmm. you know being in a, in a in a hit TV show. So it, it's very strange to actually be back in Scotland. You know where it all began, and be be in an American TV show. Does it uh, still
0: apply to dream bigger when you're on this scale, where you're having phenomenal success with a show that's like again really resonating with millions and millions of people? Mm. Do the aspirations get higher? Do like you know? I mean, you mentioned growing up with Indiana Jones and Bond, Mm. and your name has Mm. come up for things like Bond, (laughs) etc. Which is crazy. I mean, amazing, and must be like it's funny. Yeah,
1: It, uh, it honestly i think i guess yes um i can't say too much but you know i'm having some meetings at the moment they're all very exciting and um it feels it feels uh, like i'm in a moment yeah it feels very lucky um so i guess it does you know and I, it's all down to outlander you know it's certainly opened up uh, a lot of, a lot of opportunity and yeah. kind of ex- give me a good exposure as well have you uh
0: could you imagine yourself in a superhero movie? I feel like this is the question I have to ask everybody superhero. contractually
1: in 2016. I think absolutely. I I've actually played Batman. I know, yeah. Bruce Wayne in, in a live, in a live, the in actual, live thing. actual thing, which you know, um, to be honest, I think is is more difficult than uh, maybe on film because you've literally got your your quick changes and you're and you're alive and you can't you can't mess it up and uh, it's a very physical show so. Uh, but yeah, I would love another I'd love another lycra suit. Pretty cool. <laughs> to hang up in the wardrobe. Why not? And, yeah. Um was
0: uh Well, I'm curious, like what's the so you mentioned like Spielberg today. Are you big? Mm. You consume a
1: lot of film, T V. What do you have time for? Um, do you know I don't I mean I try and watch as much as I can. Um but when you're shooting it's very difficult. You know, we have long days and then you get home in the evening and you need to you need to learn scenes for the next day or yeah. go over stuff that's coming up. So you know, downtime is is um, is kind of taken up. But weekends, I, I do try and get to to the cinema, um, and I do occasionally binge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a mix of things. And actually, you know, on this press tour, I've managed to have a lot of time on airplanes, so I've been catching up. Nice. Anything you've binged on recently that you were into? Uh, binged on Jessica Jones. Oh, that's just, really good, right? Yeah, it's amazing. I, I love it. I think it's uh, David Tennant in that, by the Tennant's way. I mean, they're all great. So but- scary. I mean. <laughs> I didn't realize it was him in the first episode, and you just right. hear his voice, and uh, it's it's quite dark, quite ominous. And um, I think Kristen Ritter, I actually had the opportunity to meet her the other day, and I think she's terrific in the show.
0: What filmmaker would you lose your mind to get in
1: a room with? Oh, Maybe you've already oh, met with yeah. them or not, but who are the ones that kind of today uh, would I mean fry your brain? Uh, Ridley Scott. Um, who, you know, I just absolutely love. Or like a Zack Snyder film would be amazing, talking about superheroes. Yeah, um, yeah. but I think Ridley Scott, I've always been a huge fan of the alien movies. And, uh, I love that world he's created.
0: Have you met Ridley yet? He's doing another alien movie. He's doing a couple more. Ah, he is, yeah. I haven't met him. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> Pregnant pause in the air. Turns around. To Wait, where are you going, Sam? Uh, have all happening? gone. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, oh, yeah. Like, I do want to ask about a little bit more about the Batman thing because I'm just fascinated by that. I did, didn't know this existed, and it must have just been like. You, I think you said it well. Like, it's one thing to create a Zack Snyder thing with 150 million dollars, but to sell that on stage, yeah. Spider-Man had a tough time doing it too here yeah. in the states. Yeah. 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 Um, was that? I mean, just can, can you give me a sense of sort of was that a fun part to play? Was it an easy
1: part to play? Was it? I mean, you know, in a way, uh, again, it was one of these sort of moments in, in your life. And, you know, the show, it did okay. We toured around. We went did the Staples Center. We did Vegas. We did you know, a lot of Europe, South America. Um, it just, it had this amazing soundtrack. It was recorded by the London Film Orchestra. And that moment when, mm-hmm. you know, you walk up the stairs dressed as Bruce Wayne <laughs> and the lights come up on you, uh yeah it's 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 very powerful and um yeah well what kind of suit was it how heavy like uh uh, well so underneath you know you had the Bruce Wayne outfit and underneath that you had a full body harness um and then obviously you know you have this quick change which we got down to 20 seconds into the Batman costume which was this yeah I mean incredible (laughs) latex rubber but quite very thick he was kind of more of a kind of tank Kind of Batman, um, and the cow obviously, and you you you'd sweat buckets and uh, <laughs> fly out over the audience, and it was great. I mean, I remember moments of like being in uh, Brazil, like hanging upside down for the second half of the season, just uh, second half of the show, just like waiting to to, to fly in, and uh, you know, just <laughs> hanging above, you know, thousands of people, and it's, it's very odd. But um, yeah, a, gr- a great a great job, and actually, I think I learned a lot from it. Yeah, you know, which I think then I use in the It's just about confidence, I guess, and about um, just the power, as well, the power of uh, power of the actor. I guess.
0: What, what do you think you'll take from Outlander, and hopefully continues on for many seasons? But what what are the lessons, or what are the skills that you've accumulated here that you didn't have prior um, that you're going to probably play next
1: time? the ginger hair. is <laughs> like one of them. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's as I said, it's been a, a learning curve. It's, uh, it's taught me a lot about not only doing the job, which is you know one side of its sort of technical side and the trusting yourself as an actor and, and and learning lines and and working in in a sort of studio capacity and and actually the endurance of it all yeah um but then the other side as well i guess you know that this press tour and and um just uh just how all, all-encompassing it is but um it's been yeah it's been it's been a really nice journey to be on and uh very fortunate
0: is, is there stuff that's brought up in the interviews invariably that you kind of like steal yourself against like parts of the of the show whether it's the sex or whatever that you feel like mm. yes it's a part of it but do we really mm. need to go there again or are you kind yeah. of comfortable with it all at this point
1: yeah i don't have a problem with it at all um you know it sometimes it's it does seem to be the focus of of, uh, yeah. uh, of a lot of interviews but uh, really um it, you know i think it's part of the show and it's an important part of the show yeah. um and we put a lot of thought and, and time into into those those scenes and those episodes, and I'm I'm really proud of it. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, the only question is what's under the kilt. I think that's always just uh, it's become, <laughs> 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 and I still like, can't think of a good answer, but. <laughs> So my next 12 questions yes, are about what's exactly. under the, the kill. On. <laughs> No, yeah. no, it's not at all. You'll find out on Saturday. It's not in parade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What so you're exci- you're excited for, for obviously sharing this season, which has a different look by virtue of Paris, etc. Yeah. Does it f- feel like it's going in unique, different places than first season? Or are the fans going to be
1: enchanted as much as they were the first time around, you Absolutely. think? Absolutely. I think they'll be surprised. I think season two really is a, a different, it has a different feel to the show, a different look to the show, obviously. Um, And certainly it it is uh, the relationship that Jamie and Claire have is, uh, has, has changed. They've become, they're in this marriage now, you know, season one was about discovery and about uh, sort of the honeymoon period and newlyweds season two is definitely, you know, the, the more grown up kind of complex marriage and them dealing with a lot of issues. Um, but it really is. It's a, it's a great season. It's got, you know, two counterpoints. The first half is in Paris in this very sort of high society. and the second half, we're back in Scotland where it's more immediate and, um, and there's more blood and mud. <laughs> more
0: your speed. More
1: my speed. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's the, the characters as well. You know, they, yeah. they're in Paris, they're not comfortable. They're there right. and it's not their world. And, and everyone's kind of a fish out of water. And, and then Scotland actually, in a way, in this season kind of plays. It's very healing in a way.
0: And before I let you go, I do want to mention that uh, on your to-do list in the in the near future, or semi near future, you're going to be climbing, right, Kilimanjaro? Yeah. Wow, yes, yes, indeed. So, what, so what's the impetus for something like that? As someone that that uh, tries to resist any kind of physical activity whatsoever, oh, really? I'm just curious what yeah. goes on in your brain. That's yeah. different than mine.
1: I love uh, I love challenging myself, and I love I just uh, being in Scotland um, doing the show. I've I've um, got a real um, found a real enjoyment in in going up in mountains and in sort of getting out there and um, certainly the the charity that I uh, event that I created this year might be challenged. That's um, sort of an extension of that, trying to encourage people to just you know have a a, a bigger horizon, a bigger outlook, and yeah. and a healthy lifestyle. And, and Kilimanjaro for me is you know a little challenge, and um, it's a, it's just going to be amazing, beautiful
0: sounds like you're kind of a goal-oriented guy, whether it's in terms of, like, as a kid, wanting to, you know, dreaming dreams like that, or Mm. even today, of whether it's in in your chosen profession or leisure activities, it's it's helpful for you to kind of have things to shoot for.
1: I think so, yeah. I'm not very good at at doing nothing. Uh, In fact, yeah, I'm always trying to... I don't know, it's just... uh, I'm always sort of constantly active, um, though I probably will have a snooze later on today before (laughs) the premiere. Power nap, yeah, definitely. (laughs) But it's... uh, it's great. I love it. It's um, It keeps me going.
0: Well, we name-checked Indiana Jones earlier today. Mm. I've got this Indiana Jones fedora here with, oh, a, with wow. a bunch of random questions. You're not obligated to answer all of them because that would take five hours. Oh, but
1: There are a lot. But answer a few. Did you write them all? Or... Um, okay. The good ones I did. We'll save okay. the good ones I did. Okay, I'm going to write the bottom here. Uh, that's a nice fedora. Okay, here we go. That's a very short one. Favorite. Uh, that they missed off the e, like someone's edited <laughs> in. Favorite childhood TV show, favorite childhood TV show. Oh, um, actually, there was a British show which no one will know. It was a cartoon uh, all about Excalibur, a legend, Legends of Prince Valiant. Actually, I was kind of obsessed with it. No one's awesome. ever heard of it. And uh, yeah, it was a cartoon all about Prince Valiant and Excalibur and Arthur. And I've always been kind of obsessed by that. In fact, someone should do a movie. Oh no, they just have. They did. Guy Ritchie just did something uh. right. Yeah. I was
0: going to say that's, that's, been a surprisingly tough nut to crack for Hollywood. Like they've yeah. never really, like they've, they've tried, they did the Richard Gere, Sean Connery one that didn't. Yeah. More. The best was definitely the Patrick Stewart. And well, the Excalibur yeah. that was John oh, Gorman, which is a, just, it's just crazy. That's it's, one of those films. Like, I don't know what you, what age you saw it, but I saw it like probably a few years too young. And yeah, it was myself like, too, Yeah, it was a crazy movie.
1: It was intense. Yeah. Right. I, I think I saw it and I must've been around 10, maybe yeah. younger. And, uh, it was on one Christmas, and yeah. It and it's like every great British actor is basically mm. in it, that like some of them before they did anything. And Brian Blessed, obviously, just shouting his way through it, which, <laughs> in fact, every film that he's done is just terrific, made better by Blessed Shouting. Blessed Shouting, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flash Gordon being one of them. Oh, oh my Flash Gordon. <gasps> oh, yeah.
0: You would be a good Flash Gordon.
1: It, well, you heard it here first. That's why they should remake it. There, actually, it was a remake, and I was up for it um, a long time ago. Um, I can't remember when but yeah that will come around Once, sooner or later yeah again. I'm sure it will yeah. yeah the best sitcom of all time is Friends okay. Fraser's up there as well Fraser's pretty uh, good Friends uh, in the UK you know it's it was on all the time it's on Channel 4 and I think everyone in the UK kind of grows up with them and nice yeah it's kind of our idea of what <laughs> what New York American or America is are. yeah and we all like wander around going where's that coffee shop <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Central Perk yeah uh, choose your own end find, find the question that you like
1: so oh kind of, yes I get to
0: Yeah, wherever you you know wherever you feel the natural ending is. I'm putting the onus on you, Sam.
1: Okay. I think this might be the last one. Okay, let's see it. Have I ever been arrested? Nice <laughs> <sighs> No. No, I haven't. I'm probably a bit of a do-gooder, to be honest. <laughs> I've made a citizen's arrest. I think it's that's been right. I heard talked about that. About before, yeah. but yeah. Um, but no, I actually have not disappointed in myself. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, I think every actor should have you know these sort of interesting side and yeah. A dark I'm You're not gonna, in your dark period yet. I think it's going to come. Yeah, I think. Where I'm <laughs> How on will it manifest? Edge.
0: What are you going to do? It's not going to be anything really bad. It's going to be like peeing in a corner in public or something. That's not so bad. Just something uh, yeah. a little. I think it's it's going to come gonna come okay keep an eye out yeah sam is looking for a crime
1: to commit exactly (laughs) yeah don't tell him my pd
0: (laughs) um enjoy your week here uh we're all excited for alander returning and uh it's always good to see you man thanks for stopping by today thank you so much thanks buddy From the right, I'm Mark Hard. And from the left, I'm Pete Hard. And we're the hosts of Hard Nation. We're covering all the biggest stories this election season on Earwolf while talking to your very favorite politicians like Ted Cruz. Who would I cast? A dream cast of the people versus O.J. Simpson. Obviously playing O.J. Simpson. Jesus Christ. Hillary Clinton.
1: Donald Trump! If I became president, I would bronze every immigrant child and I would attach them to naval ships. Listen to Hard Nation today, America, on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Get hard. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com.